When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Brutal Gash, and I am giddy at the thought that this time next week, the Celtics will finally have played their season over opener rather against those pesky sixes. With me again, and as always, is Celtics Reddit aficionado and all-round nice guy Jackson, or as he's known on Reddit, Rickman lives. Jackson, how are things? Just swell, Ben. Thank you very much. I am also giddy with the thought that the Celtics are less than a week away. It's, uh, We're all it's, giddy. It's a brilliant time of the year. Absolutely, and of course, from across the Tasman, New Zealand's resident doctor of hoops philosophy. It is indeed Joe, a.k.a. No Scrooge McFly. Joe, what's going on? Man, what's going on is I'm, um, I'm low-key glad that we've had this uh, long cooling-off period between our preseason games and the oh, yeah. season games. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it wasn't as fun as last preseason, but um, hey, look, the Warriors have dropped a game to the Suns recently, as someone pointed out on our sub, though um, maybe that just sort of points out that things aren't to be taken too seriously. Anyway, look... Uh, to start things off tonight, we're going to kick back and take a look at some of the top posts from Celtics Reddit over the past week. There's some exciting content to review there. And a little bit later, we'll talk about our expectations for the upcoming season now that this preseason is over, thankfully. Uh, but first, Celtic moderator and friend of the show, former guest of the show, Leet Speak, has, uh, this is, I think, the top post on Celtics Reddit over the past week, posted... Uh, a, a live recording from within TD Garden where she um, captured the moment where Kyrie uh, confirmed that he's re-signing as a Celtic. Um, and obviously, like for us, I think guys like living so far away from TD Garden, I just watched the video again before we started recording this podcast and it just it seemed like an awesome like time to be there at TD Garden in the audience as he confirmed that. Like it was live for everyone. It hadn't really been... There's a lot of umming and ahhing up until that point and to... To, to capture that, you know, live on the spot was, was pretty cool, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I don't think any of us were particularly surprised that he announced that he would be re-signing, but the manner in which it came was incredibly refreshing because yeah. it's so, like, out of step with what other, you know, players entering free agency will do. And it felt like there was another post, I think, earlier in the week about how he had all the players over. This is Kyrie, had all the players over to his house, and, like, he told them that way. The way that he announced it, it was kind of like he was telling, like, his family and his friends that he was re-signing. It was very informal, it was very casual, but it was very, you know, it seemed genuine. So, um, yeah, I was I was definitely for it. And, again, we should probably reiterate, he said he intended to sign if we'll have him back. And by we, I think he means, you know, Ainge and Gosbeck, which you can't see them changing their tune 
just yet. But there is a long se- there is still a whole season of basketball to play. So you don't know what happens. But for all intents and purposes, I mean, it's just it's good to have that kind of that that any potential distractions that would come from that kind of put to bed mm. for now, anyway. Yeah. Um, Jackson, I think by we he means the crew at the Celtics Reddit podcast. If of course, we and the fans. Well, I've got you, Kyrie. You well, get, get you, I'll have you. No problem. <laughs> You've got a year to prove yourself, mate. A year. Yeah, I know. You're on a short leash, Kyrie. You're on a very short leash. Hey, um, I, you know, I'm kind of jumping off our notes here that we have, but I thought it was completely. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit contra Jackson. I think we're kind of saying the same thing in different ways. But I was like, whoa! I've never heard of this before. I've never heard of somebody coming out at the start of a you know at the start of a of a of a contract year saying i intend to resign you know <laughs> resign damn it resign <laughs> oh those words are so similar <laughs> like a lot of people read it that way too We're like hang on a second well, he's resigning you're resigning well, yeah, the, the you post title he's yeah. resigning as yeah. a celtic it's like hang on a second he's, he's a little, little young to resign <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, Joe, uh, user, Reddit user, Andra, Andra Rudel, Andra Rudel, sorry. Sorry, Reddit people. I just say these names as I hear them in my head and they're not, they're not always right. Uh, but uh, he or her said, isn't it kind of unheard of to do a thing, to do it like this a year before at a season ticket holder event? I like it. It's a better version of the decision, which is true. But like you said, Joe, it's a it's sort of unprecedented, right? Like I don't think we've ever seen uh, like a top tier free agent just kind of you know, literally get up out of his seat and just announce it to the fans yeah. in that kind of forum. It's and just like con- of. kind of give away his negotiating leverage a little bit, you know, like, because mm. now it looks like a bad guy if he, rene- if he reneges on it, you know. Um, I'm not surprised that at the end result is Kyrie re- resigning. Resign- I'm going to struggle with this for the whole night, <laughs> I can tell. I'm not surprised that that's the end result at all. Um, no. You know, but I am really surprised he's just come out and said it. But, like, um, I think it's really smart um, because it is reality, you know, and it makes, you know, hopefully it just kind of kills it as a storyline, which I think it deserves to be killed. <laughs> I don't think we, we should have to ask about whether he's coming back or not. I think it's, yeah, you know, for me, it was always like such an obvious choice for him. So now we're going to have to deal with the, oh, Corey to the Knicks. Corey wants to play with Jimmy Butler stuff, you know, we can just chill. <laughs> yeah. There has already been, I think, Two or three segments on um on the uh the the, the tabloid gold that is first take and various ESPN Fox <laughs> stuff saying he said he's staying and he wants to resign but does he actually mean it Nick Wright what do you think Well no but like they're never gonna yeah. leave it alone totally like it'll just take one put something it'll just there. take one still frame of Kyrie like looking a bit dirty sideways at like <laughs> Jason Tatum and they'll be like oh did you see this they obviously don't like each other oh, up to the next so I don't think it's totally put to bed but I mean all common sense says. This won't be a story again anytime soon anyway. Yeah, I think there's going to be a stretch throughout the season at some point where, like any good player does, any any player of any caliber has a stretch where they don't perform uh, up to expectations and the takes at that point, not on this podcast, but on, on uh, media outlets with, I'll say, less credibility, will say... Wow. Uh, are the Celtics actually going to re-sign Kyrie Irving? You know, like, is he up to par with one Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart? Or are they going to let him walk in free agency? Or are they going to trade him? I'm not saying that. I need to put that out there unequivocally to clarify it. I am not saying that, nor will I ever. But um, these are the sorts of takes um, that these outlets look for. And um, I, I don't look forward to that. But I really think it's going to happen at some point, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. And and I guess I should probably qualify what I, 
you know, what I said earlier, to the extent that it'll still be a negotiation. You know, like, Danny Ainge will negotiate the stuff. It won't just be, like, here is the maximum amount of money that we can pay you. You know, there will be yeah. a negotiation, I think, I think for sure. And, um, and and it'll be a very, very, very big number. But I, I, I struggle to see Danny Ainge as the guy, kind of guy. Like, we've seen it with Marcus Smart, who, like, I mean... Dean Ainge loves Marcus Smart. Brad Stevens loves Marcus Smart. And that was still a tough, protracted neg- negotiation. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not, like, necessarily, you know, announced at midnight on June, July the 1st. But um, who knows? I could well be wrong. I'd be happy to be. Yeah, well, we'll see. He definitely loves Terry Rogier as well. So He uh, does. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that kind of segues into the next top post of the week for Celtics Reddit, which is a, a Brian Rob tweet where he's tweeted out saying, Kyrie Irving announced his plans to re-sign last week, but a source tells the Boston Sports Journal that the Celtics remain engaged in extension talks with one Terry Rogier ahead of the October 15th deadline, and that was posted by user RLS012. Um, interesting spanner in the works. I guess when the, the Kyrie Irving commitment was made you kind of just think okay like this is our last year of Terry Rogier and one of two things will happen we'll either keep him sort of I guess in an Eddie House style role knowing that like we need him to win knowing that you know he's not going to be with the team for long but we, we need him to be a championship caliber team or I don't know something happens down the line and we decide to trade him for, for future assets um, but all of a sudden there's this speculation that you know perhaps we'll, we'll get to have our cake and eat it too. I guess, like, for me, I feel like we sort of talked about this stuff, you know, um, when we're previewing free agency a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're always talking about it. We're, we're, we're always <laughs> on top stuff. of things. <laughs> Celtics Nation, we are the, we are the source of the, of the hottest takes you can get. But um, my, like, my, it's, it's not, I'm not going to stick to it too hard, but my theory is um, if, you're, if you're Terry Rozier, right, you're looking at a season where you might, if you, you know, you're going to be in the Celtics, it's going to be a good team, but you might not average 10 points a game. It's not necessarily the, the ideal situation to have going into restricted free agency, right? So I, I, I almost wonder whether if you're Terry Rozier, you've just come off the playoffs, like Terry Rozier's trade value is at its all-time highest, but also his value, you know, his negotiating leverage is perhaps at the highest it is right now. Like, he might yeah. have a bit of more leverage right now to negotiate an extension than he does in a year's time. And that's a very real threat because there's, honestly, like, I think if it if it's crunch time, there's two point guards ahead of him, you know? And um, that's what I say right now. That could change. But, you know, if you're Rosier, like, that's a reasonable amount of risk to take on. And if a reasonable extension is, is offered, I think he actually has to think about it because this season has got, like, a really high amount of variability for him, um, you know, in terms of what he shows. You know, he's he hasn't put it together for a whole season yet, you know. He's not a proven, proven quantity. Um, it's a real interesting decision for him. Yeah. I've This is a, a huge mystery to me because... You, you say there's two point guards in front of him. There's definitely Kyrie and Marcus Smart. Obviously, being re-signed is is the one you're you're I assume you're, you're talking about here. But it's like I see almost like the role that Marcus Smart. No, nah, homie, and, Brad Wanamaker. You know, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we get that too. P. Day Dozier, whatever his name is, whatever. Um, 
I see like Roger and Smart kind of occupying two halves of the one of like the ideal role that they want because you've got the grit and the determination and the defense that Smart brings, but you've got the kind of the savvy and you've got the offense that Roger brings, and I don't think either of them really have that complete package put together. I mean, now have if they had that complete package then you'd have teams coming in to trade for them because, you know, who wouldn't want a team? Who wouldn't want a point guard that's half Marcus Smart, half Terry Rozier? You know, it's mm. it'd be a no-brainer. But, I mean, I've got no idea. You know, it, it feels like he wants to stay and be on a championship-winning team, but, I mean, you couldn't ever say he doesn't want to get his money. So, as far as, like, a, an extension getting signed is concerned, I, I, I couldn't see that happening. Um, it, honestly, guys, it's just a mystery to me. I still feel like he's he's out the door. Whether that's midway through this season, or whether it's in the next season, or maybe he does sign an extension and stays around for another couple of years, but ends up getting traded, I just don't see him here for the long term. And if I can see that, obviously I'm not Terry Rozier and I'm not close to him, but he must consider this perspective as well. Unless he's got an inside info, or unless he's got his grand plan worked out for himself, um, uh-huh. yeah, it's it, it, who could say really? It, it's a mystery. I mean, I, I could say that there are definitely teams out there that can offer him more minutes and more money at the same time. Uh, I, I'm sorry, audience, I've done no research into this at all, but uh, Orlando and, and Phoenix are, are two teams, I think, who who need like yeah. good players in general, but certainly good point guards. And Terry Ogier, you know, entering into restricted free agency, they could throw an offer at him um, that would exceed what we could reasonably match, I suppose, um, if we want to keep the rest of the gang together. So, how funny would it be if the Bucks traded for him and he ended up taking Bledsoe's place? <laughs> Bledsoe, because <laughs> the Bucks need a point uh, guard, man. I'm going to talk about the Bucks a bit later, man. But I reckon Terry Rozier on the Bucks would be uh, would be quite something. Yeah, that might come back to bias uh, during the playoffs. But um, if, if it does come to a trade, so user Tenoob, who I, I'm pretty sure is an Australian Celtics redditor. Shout out to the Aussie um, Celtics fans. Uh, it says, Rozier's trade value skyrockets if we keep him at a reasonable price. So that, that's another way of looking at it. If we if we actually do re-sign him, we, we get another one, hopefully, one of those mid-range contracts, sort of in yeah. the, the Bain smart range. Yeah, I, I just feel like there's... I, look, I just feel like there's actually more reasons for both sides to get it done than, than, uh, than, than meets the eye. You know, like if you're Rozier, yeah. you've got to imagine what the market might look like in 12 months time for you and that's hard to know it's not like he's because it's not like he's the typical guy going into restrictive free agency right it's not like he's you know a, a, an established starter who knows that that you kind of know what has put it this way if you if you had to guess Terry Rose's averages for the season it'd be really hard to do eh? you know because if there's an injury he's the starter right mm. yep if there's not he's like in my opinion in my opinion, he's the number three point guard. You know, he's got the two guard stuff as well too. But like, you know, he's he's probably he's probably seventh on the depth chart. You know, so just it's just a real high amount of variability for him. And you know, so that creates an incentive for him to sign. And similarly, yeah, puts the mid value contract um, on our books, which is you know, which is good for us too. Um, us being the um, the we that Kyrie referred to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, T-Row, he's got that, I, I assume, lucrative, even by NBA shoe deal standards, deal with Puma. You know, maybe he's sitting pretty right now. He's pretty flush. And I don't know. I, as I say this, I'm thinking that's ridiculous because I think for NBA players, like the size of your contract, it's a bit of a like a pride thing, a bit of a status symbol. Yeah. 
um, and like sort of a determination of literally your worth within the league. So uh, I don't know, it's hard to say, but I hope it works out for everyone and I hope we get to keep uh, Scary Terry so that my t-shirt remains relevant, (laughs) but we'll see. Now, (laughs) I want to move on uh, because something that's actually happened recently uh, and there's a lot of talk going on um, between the NBA Reddit, RNBA and the Celtics Reddit uh, a post by user Greaves says, nobody should give Smart any crap for last night. Uh, and then I think we've added in brackets there. Uh, I think it was you, Jackson. Uh, fuck J.R. Smith, That's which I kind, of, I kind of agree with on a you know, historical sort of notion. Maybe, I don't want to put myself out there too much, but maybe not in this particular situation. Yeah, but Jackson, I'm kind of I know you you're, you're passionate about this one, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw it to you and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, look, I mean, you, you don't want... It's, it's one of those things about sport is people are like, oh, we don't want to see that kind of behavior. We don't want to see that kind of, you know, you know that, that action and stuff. Really. Bollocks, we, we love it. see it. Particularly when it's from a... <laughs> particularly every team needs at least one guy like a Marcus Smart who is going to get... Who's going to be the first one to run into a, into a biff and get stuck in. Maybe to the detriment of his team, maybe to the detriment of himself, but that's part of his identity. That's part of his thing. So... I think there's a couple of comments down here that you might read later, Ben, but people saying that they weren't, they thought it was disgusting, you know? For me, disgusting is getting a rebound in game one of the finals when you need a basket and dribbling the clock out, you know? So I, I, w- I would much rather have someone who's going to throw, you know, a very, a very... Actually, I'll take that back. I don't want him throwing punches, but someone who's going to be involved in scuffle in a mid-season, in a pre-season game, rather... Um, versus what J.R. Smith brings to the table, you know, unless you're talking <laughs> about his, unless you're talking about his Instagram live stream. Did anyone see him at the the game that the Cleveland Browns won for the first time a few weeks back? Oh, no, oh shit! shit. <laughs> he got his he got his shirt off like in the second quarter. I don't know, whatever. But um, yeah, he tends to do that. <laughs> I've got like in, in short, I got no problem with what Marcus Smart did, and you obviously there's there's bias there coming from a Celtics fan, but no, nah. he can do that all day as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, Joe. Oh, no. like I'm probably a bit more with Ben. I thought the incident concern probably wasn't actually that bad. It wasn't really dirty. It was two dudes who had arms locked up. It's kind of both guys' fault. Let them sort it out. Jr's a dirty player, in my opinion, and he's an idiot. Oh my gosh! Can you like? I feel like I've said this before on the pod, but like, can you imagine like an equivalent level cock up to what he did and get like in your job? You like know, at work, yeah. Like at work. Can <laughs> you imagine an yeah. equivalent? Like it would be fireable. It would be like yeah. it would be like me, you know. Stuffing HR would be notified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's incomprehensible how stupid an individual he must be. So I'd love to see someone clean his clock, but um, but yeah, that particular incident probably didn't warrant it. But um, yeah, I love Marcus. He's the heart and soul of our team, and this is just kind of an example of it. I, I don't like yeah. our team without Marcus. I guess, I don't know if you'd call this a positive, but it was exciting to see um, <laughs> that level of animosity in the preseason. Like Marcus Smart uh, knows no bounds and he's going to be Marcus Smart, you know, in the off season, in the preseason, midseason, certainly in the playoffs. Um, and I guess, you know, having just signed him to a, a fairly lucrative contract, it's a, a fairly large number on our books now, I'm referring to the collective hour again. Um, <laughs> it's good to see that like he's not... Like, I I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking here? He's not dialing things back at all. Like, he's still going to continue to be the guy that he was when he was still earning that contract, which is really good to see. Um, 
I don't know if you guys were hanging around RNBA while all of this chatter was going on. Not necessarily a great place to be for a Celtics fan. A, a lot of um, anti-Boston talk, to put it lightly. Um, what a surprise. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's par for the cause as a Celtics fan um, and a Patriots fan and a Red Sox fan. Go the Red Sox, by the way, to beat the Yankees yeah, today. That is, yeah, that is awesome. But I, I, I want to I call out the fact that just... Um, in a vacuum, this post, there's a lot of thought, a lot of time by Greaves put into this post. He, he sort of documents like historically uh, all of the on-the-court issues with J.R. Smith and a lot of the off-the-court stuff, which, to be honest, I don't know if it's super relevant. It seems like kind of personal, but I guess it, it does sort of illustrate you know, the character of, of J.R. Smith and why it would be so easy for, for anyone, particularly Marcus Smart, who might be a little bit emotional at the moment given mm. you know may she rest in peace he's, he's late mother passing away yeah. but um yeah i don't know a lot, of, a lot of thought put into the post and i think it's just going to be one of those things where celtics fans obviously side with uh with their guy and everyone else all other nba fans apparently side with uh with jr smith so yeah i don't know it's one of those things i'll typically side with a lovable clown won't they and that's definitely yeah. jr in this equation <laughs> yeah with his henny and his but- no shirt and <laughs> All that so, business. <laughs> I, I honestly felt like, like as you know, the laughing at Marcus Smart, he almost like felt a little cartoon villain to me, eh? You know, like in the waving goodbye, he was yeah. just like, he was, he <laughs> yeah. was like the equivalent of the rich kid, you know, and the and the poor boy comes <laughs> yeah. from the, you know, you know that sort of underdog, poor boy underdog movie, and he's like the rich white snooty kid, you know, kind of sneering <laughs> at our, yeah. at our poor. Do you Marcus. know how much money my dad has? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but look, I'm I'm glad His that his father uh, is the district attorney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm glad that we didn't see a suspension from Marcus Smart because that's what yeah. I was really worried Likewise, about. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we'll get to our expectations based off of preseason a little bit later, but just to to dip into that briefly now, based on what we saw in the preseason, we're gonna need everyone on deck, all hands on deck for that first game against Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you thought RNBA was bad. Uh, recently, imagine how bad they'll be uh, if we potentially lose to the Sixers on opening night. So we need everyone there, especially Marcus Smart. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I had something else to say there. Oh, yeah, sorry. Before we move on, uh, Jason Tatum and I think it was Terry Rogier holding back Marcus Smart. And at one point, Marcus Smart sort of expertly like ducked out of Tatum's grip. And then fortunately, they wrapped him up again and sort of pulled him to the ground. But that was like a low-key... Um, like moment from this whole thing that I, I thought mm. that they were able to hold him back and and actually probably prevent him from getting that suspension. So that was nice. I enjoyed it. Maybe they were sort of a little more clued up to the possibility of something like this happening with Marcus and Jr. And that's why they were so you know um, onto it and 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 restraining him. You know because they didn't have a lot of time to react. Eh? <laughs> Smart was going for it. Eh? Like. He was actually, he wasn't, you know what I mean? He wasn't faking it then. He was actually trying to get at him. Um, so, th- you know, they had, to, my working theory is perhaps they knew that Marcus might be about to explode on this particular night. Yeah, probably a fair call. Now we'll move on to the, the final top Reddit post from the past week. User Bill Hondo Bird, Truth JB says uh, Brad Stevens, this is a tweet from uh, someone, I don't have the tweet in front of me, apologies, but uh, Brad Stevens said, I couldn't be more unimpressed after our preseason, which uh, I, I think is fair enough. What do you guys think of the preseason and, uh, and, and Brad Stevens' comments? I guess they kind of speak for themselves. 
Yeah, I, f- I feel like Brad would have said he was unimpressed even if we won every game by, by 30. <laughs> you know, I think that's the kind of... Yeah. The, the, that's what he demands from, from his team. But no, obviously we'd be unimpressed because we didn't look good at all, really. Even in the game that we won, like, I don't think we were that convincing. Now, there are so many things that you could say about it. It's the preseason, the lineups, the minute restrictions on the starters, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it, just didn't pass the, it just didn't pass the eye test, did it? It just didn't look that good. So... Um, didn't pass any test. No, no, <laughs> cer- <laughs> certainly not. The smell, the eye, the feel, whatever you want to call it. But um, I mean, the field is. The field is. <laughs> Don't explain to me how I get that. I just do it. <laughs> you're, like, put, you're, you're gonna put yourself near the TV and it vibrates yeah. right. No, no, no. It's the vibe. Yeah, man. exactly. Yeah. So um, no, not not surprised. He's unimpressed. Um, look, I've I've got a whole thing written down here, but I'm gonna save it. Like, I think it's I I think unimpressed being couldn't be more impressed. Kind of sums it up, really. Yeah, I was freaking unimpressed. You know, like, aside from the first quarter in Charlotte, you know, we looked awful. Um, it is interesting how bad everything looks when your shots are missing. Um, and to a certain extent, mm-hmm. it's that's kind of a bit of statistical noise. But, um, yeah, it just wasn't much fun. Uh, like, I'm not upset that I'm not having to watch another game. You know, it's good to... It's good to sh- it's good to get it out of the system. By the time um, Philly game rolls around, I'll be all psyched up again and ready for it and have forgiven all the, the miscues of the preseason. But, man, it was like – it felt an awful lot like watching the playoffs. You know, like it felt like we're watching the <laughs> same team with the same same issues against Cleveland, like not being able to score. And like when Cleveland like got up by 14, I, honestly, it was just like deja vu. Um yeah. And in a playoff game, at least you've kind of got like this emotional attachment to it. But in the preseason, it's kind of just a little bit annoying. Like I just want to, I'm at this point of the season, I just want to watch sweet basketball and I just want to see us smash people. Um, and it didn't. Happen. Yeah, we all. <laughs> yeah. We all just want to watch sweet basketball, especially like when you actually put aside some time to watch a preseason game. Oh, I know. Like you actually say <laughs> no to it, maybe an offer to do something else, and then you sit down and watch it, and they just kind of mail it in like that, and. You know, Kyrie and Gordy aren't even there. It's it's disappointing. It's like, so I shaved I, I my really... legs for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got all dulled up. Uh, now, user Senior Stone seventy one commented, "Don't forget that there's now a week and a half between the end of the preseason and the Philly game. Lots of time to work on stuff, and Brad knows it. I'm not worried." Second comment under that by Ball for Real, not worried, but I think fans need to prepare themselves for a slower start then we may like if these defensive performances carry over. Mm. Uh, I think, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of merit to that comment by Ball for real. I don't want to accept it. I don't want to admit it. Um, and I hope that they prove us wrong from, from game one onwards, but um, well, slightly concerned. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we realistically have to be ready to accept the fact we could be 0-2 because we're playing the two best, to, excluding ourselves, we're playing the two best teams in the East. One of them's away in a place where our record is atrocious. And I mean, mm-hmm. if you ask me, I think Philly is going to be well up for this game. Well up for it. Yeah. They're going to want revenge in our house with our full team. They're going to be very motivated. So, like, without, like, getting too far down the line of fans freaking out or worrying or overreacting and whatnot, I mean, we started 0-2 last season, and we all know how it turned out, despite, you know, despite the circumstances. But mm-hmm. it, 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 we could very well lose our first two games, maybe even more. And I don't think we should freak out. I don't think we should give them a free pass either and think it's all going to work itself out. But um, 
yeah, that's definitely a possibility that could happen. And if that's the case, then, you know, we will see what this this team, we, we've said this many times about this team in the past, but we'll see what they're really made of, you know. Now that there are no more excuses, now that we do have everyone yeah. healthy, ready to roll, the burden of expectation is on us now. How are we going to deal with that? So it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting season. Yeah, like I, I agree. I think it probably will be a, a slower start, and you got to be careful. Like a five and five starts okay, but a ten and ten start. If you do that, then um, it puts us in a really difficult position for getting home court potentially, just because I think it's going to be tight at the top. And, you know, if we start 10 and 10, yeah, we'll probably still win 50 games, but it's going to be a lot dif- more difficult to get to 60. You know, you've got to go 50 and 10 mm. to get to 60 wins after that. So we've got to be a little bit careful about that. Um, I was just thinking, you know, like, this is why we should be grateful for the seasons that we have had previously, which have been super fun. You know, like, ever since, really, ever since we traded Rondo, this team has been so much fun. And... um this year, I don't think it's going to be. I, my, my, I don't think it's quite as much fun when the, the level of expectation is this high. Um, it's more fun when your team is exceeding expectations, right? And and so, yeah. if, like, I, I'm not complaining about that. It's great because we'll have you know expectations in the playoffs, which is way better than no expectations in the playoffs. But for the six months that it takes to get to the playoffs, it's not going to be as much fun this year, uh, and that's okay. That's part of the cost of doing business but it just makes me appreciate what we've had you know i just want to i guess i just want to say that i i really appreciate the last four seasons or so that we've had they've been really great to be a fan yeah i i agree i guess to as an addition to that yeah it's a different flavor this season and like you said it's really fun to exceed expectations you know with guys like isaiah thomas and and jay crowder and, and finish with the one seed and and do well when you weren't expecting that. And now, yeah, it's almost like you you pay the price to have a team yeah. that actually could win a championship. You there's a different feeling going into the season. It's like, all right, guys, like let's let's get it done in the regular season. Like it's going to be fun to watch you guys dominate from time to time. But really, anything less than that is is far. Um, it's not meeting expectations at all, and that that's not fun to see. So let's just get through this and, and let's really get to the, the meat of the season for a team of this caliber, which is the playoffs, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. All right. So look, we've been through the Celtics Reddit portion of the Celtics Reddit podcast. We're now going to move on to our season predictions. A couple of episodes ago, we had a sort of a tongue-in-cheek, hot-takey version of this where we just sort of talked about our... Um, thermonuclear hot takes heading into the upcoming season. Now we're getting we're getting very serious. We're getting very stern, very stoic, and we're going to talk about our realistic, reasonable expectations heading into the season. We're going to start with Celtics seeding uh, Jackson. Well, we've, we've sort of, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I, mean, I think I know you were going with that. Um, yeah, I just warned everyone. Yeah, let's be prepared for not the greatest start. Joe said, you know, this might not be as fun of a season, but that's necessary. I think, despite all that, I think I think that first seed is ours for the taking. I think number one, we are the deepest team, probably in the NBA. I certainly think in the East, and that's got to count for something. Whether in, if injuries show up, which they will inevitably at some stage, I think we've got that to rely on. I think also though, if we want to look further into the future and we want to really, we we know how important that that homes uh, the home court advantage is going to be, whether that's in the east, whether it's in the east finals or if it's in the finals itself. 
I uh-huh. think there is real. There should be real incentive for these players to go out there and get the number one seed, not just in the East, but in the NBA as well. Whether that's you know going to manifest itself the way that we think, you know, that's a, that's a that's a big ask because you got every every team's trying to you know get to that you know within reason. So um, I still think the first seed is ours. Yeah, I guess if I had to, if you asked me to order the teams, um, you know. Celtics, Raptors, and, and Sixers, I guess if you said, all right, you've got to put those in a particular order, I'd yeah. say the Celtics are the most likely of those three teams to get the first seed. But I'd still take the field ahead of the Celtics. I'd still take, you know, the possibility of the Sixers, you know, the combined odds of the Sixers and Raptors being the one seed ahead of the, the Celtics odds of being the one seed. Yeah. So I'm going to say second seed. Um, and I do like the Raptors a lot, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I'd certainly prefer a lower seed with health rather than the the inverse of that. If we can get to sort of a, a top four seed where we have home court advantage in the, at least the first round of the playoffs and have our entire team healthy, I think that will offset the difficulties we had on the road in the playoffs last year without our All-Stars. But yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of talent, a lot of up-and-coming talent in the East, so it's kind of difficult to choose. But I'm with you, Joe. If, if it was gun to my head, I can't imagine especially in this country, uh, how that scenario would come about. There are no guns uh, someone, anymore. <laughs> you got rid of them after Port Arthur. Someone's right? got one somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> and it was forcing me to make a decision. I mean, my, my money would be on the Celtics to get the number one seed, but really, you don't know. And I, I know you don't, you know, people out there listen to these podcasts to have someone tell you they don't know, but that's kind of the interesting part heading into the season. Their Eastern Conference is... Sort of no longer the least in conference. We've got some good teams up there and it's actually going to be interesting and competitive. So while we aren't positive that we're going to finish number one, we are positive that it's going to be interesting and competitive. So that, that's good. Now, best player on the Celtics heading into this season, it might be perhaps one guy who's just committed to Samba this long term. Um, I'm interested to hear if you think it's going to be anyone but Kyrie, but um, it is an interesting discussion point. Well, Okay. So, you know, there's a lot, lot, um, the word best does a lot of heavy lifting in that question, right? So, uh-huh. um, it's, it, it was very interesting to me in this, in the playoffs just been, you know, and you, you sort of start to see what really, really counts and what really counts is having no holes in your game. Um, and to me, Al Horford has no holes in his game. I, I think Al Horford's our best player. I think, um, he's... You know, I get it. Like, Al Horford can't... He doesn't have the skills that Kyrie Irving does. You know, the the, the, the um, kind of... Uh, the overt basketball skills that Kyrie has. But the, the reality is, the things that Al Horford does that contribute... He does more to contribute to winning, in my opinion, than, than Kyrie Irving does. Um, he's... You know, he's... You, you can't... He can defend on the perimeter. He can defend on the interior. He can shoot it from the outside. He can score inside. He can take guys off the dribble. You know, like, he was better than Joel Embiid in the playoffs last year. Like, that's a fact. That is an absolute yeah, fact. absolutely. He yeah. absolutely dominated that matchup, you know. And um, and, and I, I think we forget that stuff really, really quickly during the regular season. So I'm going with Al Horford just because I think when it really counts, those guys who don't have holes in their game, the guys who can't get exposed are the guys that really help your team win. So that's that's you know I'm not trying to be you know like contrarian there that I actually do believe that. Yeah, um, I'll definitely give you that. I think I think Horford is our most important player. I think 
Marcus Smart is probably our most influential player. I think potentially, <laughs> I think potentially Jason Tatum could be our best player. Oh, spicy! But I think if you look at if, if the way that everything crumbled last season, everything that's going into this season, all the storylines and everything, I mean, it, it, it's. I, I don't. Th- I think if Kyrie Irving isn't our best player, and like I said, in terms of what do you mean by best, performing when it matters, stats, behavior, whatnot. I think if Kyrie Irving isn't our best player this season, I think he, I think we've got no chance at the title. I think he's the one who would have got us out of dire situations on the road in the playoffs last year. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the Milwaukee series goes to seven with Kyrie. I don't think. I don't think the Cavs beat us with Kyrie. So I think now that whatever remnants of the surgery from however long ago was left in his knee is now gone. He's now had, you know, this entire offseason to rehab. He knows the players. He's been there a year. He knows the system. He's come out and said, I'm, I, I want to stay in Boston, as we discussed earlier. So he's trying to put all this to the side. And I think he's so laser determined to have a really, really big season for us. And I think I think he probably won't say it, he won't admit it publicly, but I think he probably wants that MVP. I think he definitely prioritizes team success over it, but I think he's going to definitely aim to have that caliber of, of season and that personal performance. So I believe it's going to be Kyrie. I believe, I believe this is an important season for him to set a precedent as a leader. And for that reason, I think he'll be our best player. Hey, yeah. Solid counterpoints, Jackson. Thank you. <laughs> I think... Um, there's, there's a hump to get over. We haven't been able to get over it in the last few years. And unfortunately, as we all know, that hump uh, has manifested itself as LeBron James. But regardless mm-hmm. of the presence of LeBron in our conference, that there's always going to be some sort of hump that we need to get over. And perhaps maybe the incoming or the upcoming hump is Kawhi Leonard or, or Giannis. <laughs> Stay with me on the hump stuff. They, they, will, they um, will hump us if we're not careful. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think... The, Again, it's difficult to define the best player, I think, in terms of their contribution to, to our team and our ideal goal, which is to get a championship, is the, the guy who can get us over that hump. And and I, I think that Kyrie is that person. In I guess in, in late game situations where you need a bucket, where the game hangs in the balance and, and you need that guy to get you a, a clutch bucket or, or make a play on the offensive end, I guess, in Kyrie's case, that, that's going to win the game. I, I do feel like Kyrie is that person. Maybe later in the season, once Gordon Haywood returns to form a little more, which I'm, I'm hoping he does yeah. earlier or sooner rather than later, he'll, he'll be that guy because he's a little bit more um, of a Swiss Army knife in terms of what he can offer the team. But again, in this unlikely gun-to-my-head scenario, <laughs> I've, I've got to go with Kyrie Irving. I just feel like he's he's the... He's the the balls, as they say. He, he's the he's the nuts. He's the guy who's gonna to get us over that hump. So um, I don't know. That's my take. Moving on, biggest threat in the East. Who who is the the biggest threat? Maybe they're they're taking the form of that hump. Um, you know, previously uh, owned by LeBron James. But who who's the biggest threat to basically uh, ruining our our party, our Celtics party? Uh, I do think it's I don't. I... I'm not. It's not going to surprise, but the Raptors are really good. They're really balanced. Um, they've got great defensive versatility on the wing. You know, like Green, Kawhi, Kyrie, uh, and um, <laughs> Kyle Lowry. You know, like that's 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 some pretty tough. That that, that is a tough perimeter to defend um, to to get around, man. And I I, I think mm-hmm. the Raptors are just a balanced, tough, 
deep team who have have some fire in them. You know, like they have. They came off a pretty yep. horrific loss last year. You know, so yeah, not 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 a particularly um, sexy pick, but that's mine anyway. Yeah. I think if I had to say a team, I would definitely be with you with the Raptors there. Um, at the same time, you could definitely say the 76ers. I think there's definitely more of a, a revenge-motivated motive probably with that team. And when you've got Embiid and Simmons, you know, and projecting how much better they can potentially get, that's scary. I, I wouldn't even rule out... I mean, this is a very left-of-center pick, and I still think they're a point guard away from really being legit. But, I mean, I think the Bucks, armed with... Uh, an, an intensely swole Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you haven't seen footage or photos of him lately, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, it, increasingly it, yeah, swole. Yeah, it's more freakish than it was before. <laughs> and if you're anything like me and you watch that Milwaukee series, then Chris Middleton will still pop up in your nightmares every now and then. Oh just, just, to, just, to, just to hit a three-pointer over you when you think it's impossible. And Coach Budenholz are in charge of them there. So I think one glaring weakness they had was, their, was how they were run as a team. I think that you could reliably say is going to be fixed. But without rabbiting on too long, I think to expand it and go a little bit outside the box here, I think the biggest threat for us is going to be the burden of expectation. Because Ooh. I don't think we've... I don't think... Whoa, I, I can't lift, remember... I can't remember the, the last... question, bruh. Sorry. <laughs> I know, just, just thinking out loud here, man. But just, I can't remember the last time. Or, sorry, I can't remember ever since Brad Stevens has been in charge of this team when we've been favoured really to win anything. You think about last season. As soon as Hayward goes down, it's like, oh, Celtics aren't the top seed. They might not even make the playoffs. Kyrie goes down. Oh, they're not going to get past the Bucks. They won't get past the Sixers. They won't get past... Like, it's always... We've always been the underdog. No one's ever favoured us. Until now. If you, anyone... Most pundits have us as the number one seed in the East. And most... They're pretty much already saying it's going to be a Warriors-Celtics finals at the moment. Which excites me and scares me at the same time. But I think you've got everyone else in the East. Like we said, there's no longer a LeBron-shaped hurdle standing in the way of the finals in, for the Eastern <laughs> Conference. A hump. It was a hump. It was bro. a hump. Sorry, it was a hump. <laughs> Used the wrong terminology. <laughs> Um, and we've been anointed kind of the number one seed now or the number one team in the East. So I think every other team is going to want to test that. And whenever we come to town or when they come to our building, they're going to want to show us exactly what they're about. And I just wonder, Brad has had this team playing as the underdogs for the, for five seasons now. So it's be the fifth season. So how they're going to cope with that, I think, is the biggest X factor. And the fact that the eyes are going to be upon us and they're going to expect us to reach those heights. If we start to falter, it doesn't look like we're going to get there. You know, what's that going to do mentally to the players? So that's what I feel most threatened by, personally. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. Not, I guess not to seem like too much of a yes man. I know discourse is more interesting uh, from a, a podcast standpoint, but I think you're right. And one, one thing about the Brad Stevens era is that the team has um, gotten noticeably better, even if you just look at their season regular season yeah, record. Well every year and and really other than you know winning a a few more games how do we really get better i think making the finals or winning a championship is is expectation level anything below that which you know with the injury bug looming uh there's a potential for that to happen so that's definitely a a big threat and i was going to say the bucks as well Uh, i think coach bud coach budenhauser yeah, that's a real coach. That guy knows how to coach. And, um, you know, you had that Hawks team, which was sort of super stylish a few years back. Um, you know, had Al Horford, maybe that had a lot to do with it. Um, I would argue it did. <laughs> yeah, he is a great coach. And now he's got this tool set of, uh, you know, obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, et cetera. And I, I think that they, uh, they threaten all of the top teams in the East. Uh, Jabari Parker out of that squad as well, I think... Um, improves their overall chemistry. Uh, I was kind of happy to see him 
them go to him offensively when we played them in the playoffs last year. Now that that's no longer you know a benefit to us. Um, so they they worry me. And Giannis, when we talk about teams Ooh, getting better every year, Giannis is a player that gets better every year as well. So he's going to come he's back a bigger and stronger up. and more swole, like you say, Jackson. So that's did, a concern to me. Did you read you know, Kevin O'Connor's piece on the Bucks today? No, I heard him reference it oh, in the latest. Man, he's, uh, he's got a serious heart on for them, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess I mean, that's the field. So. They're they're an the Bucks team. passed the field test for Kevin O'Connor, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should all be on alert. But yeah, look, I think really the only other threat outside of some of those top teams is injuries. I know it's a threat to every team, but we. I feel like maybe this is easy to say because I am a Celtics fan, but. We have been particularly plagued by the injury bug, especially in the last season. Like there were so many, so many injuries just for our squad in the last year. So many times where you're like, "Oh, okay," like our season is definitely over. And fortunately, we prevailed for the most part. So I feel psychologically, hopefully this doesn't affect the players. Hopefully, professionally, they they coached in terms of mentally overcoming this kind of thing. But psychologically, going into each game as a player maybe you don't go as hard as you would normally given the injury history. Does that make sense? Mm. Like I've, I've, definitely you can see it in Gordon Hayward with it with his obviously terrible injury recently, but injuries completely derailed us last year. And I, I wonder if that affects the mindset of our overall team, at least going into the earlier parts of the season where maybe the goal is just, just don't get injured. I think that yeah. might reflect on how they train and how they practice and how they prepare for the games. I don't think once they go on the court, anyone's going to be holding back. I mean, maybe, maybe the, there'll be some residual mental hesitation from Haywood mm-hmm. and stuff and whatnot, but I think that's probably going to be more in the preparation than an actual performance on the court. I still think we'll we'll throw caution in the wind when we need to and we'll give everything to win. Um, but yeah, you'd be, you'd, it, would be, it would be silly to think that it doesn't not affecting them mentally on some level. Yeah, mm. I hope you're right. Now, finally, teams around the league doesn't have to be our conference that you're intrigued by or excited to watch this season. What do you What do you guys think there? I've gone probably a very obvious answer in the in the Lakers. Um, first of all, <laughs> LeBron out west is going to be interesting. LeBron and Rondo is going to be interesting. LeBron and Lance Stevens Stevenson, sorry, is going to be <laughs> mega Free interesting. Lance, Lance. And the fact <laughs> that this is all basically got the hallmarks of a one-and-done team in the sense that a lot of these guys I don't think are going to be there. I think they've got their eyes on other people, a la Kevin Durant, a la Kawhi Leonard, a la Anthony Davis and whatnot. So to see how this team comes together almost in a one-year experiment, whether it's going to be a massive success, a massive failure, or it's going to be pretty much where I think most people think they'll be like a fourth seed or whatnot, um, I'm definitely on board. I think it's going to be great theatre and I cannot wait to play them. Yeah. Um, normally, like your league pass teams are like young teams that you think are about to make the leap. But I feel like this year we don't have so much of them. Like the Timberwolves were sort of a team like that a couple of years ago that I was like really like, oh man, I want to see what the Timberwolves do. Well, they're not really kind of on the up and up anymore. So they kind of lose their luster. Um, I can't think of any teams really in that spot other than like us in Philadelphia. And we've already mm-hmm. kind of you know, kind of made that jump into... It's like we've skipped a year. Both teams have skipped a year. Um, so um, so there's nothing quite in that category. But then other than that, it's like young players that I like. So um, I'm definitely looking out for, for Luca. Um, mm. And honestly, like, I'll probably watch the odd... I don't want to say... I'm not going to watch any 
Hawks games, but I will search <laughs> for the highlights. <laughs> yeah. The Trey Young yep. Chuck job. Yeah. He's yeah. got he he can pass it, man. He's I I, I yeah. really like watching Trey Young. So I'm a, I'm excited for the Phoenix Suns. DeAndre Ayton's been pretty good in well, he's been extremely good in the preseason so far and I, I guess you know you sort of expect for him to hit that rookie wall eventually but he looks like a like a I want to say a gamer which is the term I've never used but it's it's tossed around a lot uh he, he looks like he knows how to play the NBA game already which is which is great you mentioned Luka Doncic I think Luka and Dennis Smith Jr. are going to be a really fun tandem uh in Dallas there but other than that you're right like there's not that sort of stereotypical league on pass the team. team you know yeah 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 it's just like fun young players getting together um it's gonna be fun to watch them make mistakes and it's gonna be fun to watch them like do cool shit every now and then but that's uh that's the luxury of of being an nba fan you just throw on league pass on any given day and there's like minimum five games on and you can just flick back and forth and uh just enjoy it but um other than Maybe that i, I think the Maybe we should put the Suns in though, because you know they showed a lot yeah. of promise in that upset win they had over the New Zealand Breakers the other day. So, so. <laughs> yeah, could have gone either way. Killers. <laughs> <laughs> First the Breakers, yeah. then the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. All right, that'll just about do it for this here episode of the Celtics Reddit podcast. If you want to support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and share it with your friends. Also, follow us on Twitter at Celtics. Sorry, Celtic reddit pod due to a, a character limitation there on twitter thanks twitter or reach out to us on Celtics reddit of course we'll be back in a week just after opening night to toss up all the game thread reactions and give us your thoughts on opening night the following week i'll actually be in detroit randomly for the celtics game in detroit sitting behind the celtics bench in my celtics reddit podcast t-shirt so look out for me there uh, and hopefully we'll have some exciting content to come out of all of that Until then, Jackson, Joe, have a great week. The calm before the storm, if you will. Uh, Looking forward to catching up with you guys in a week. It's been real. Thanks.